0: This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of Leadex, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture.
1: Hello, everyone, I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to Culture Code. Our guest today is the Chief People Officer of Databricks, Dr. Amy Reichenotter. Amy, welcome, and where are you joining from today?
2: Thanks so much. I'm joining from the San Francisco Bay Area in California and really happy to be here.
1: Well, delighted to have you. Now, normally I'm from the beautiful city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I'm spending the month in San Jose, so we're probably neighbors or something like that. <laughs>
2: that are be pretty close. <laughs> so let's just
1: start. Um, obviously, people in the tech industry are familiar with your company, but I've probably got some listeners that might not be. So let's just start. Tell us about your company. What do you do? How big is the organization?
2: Great. So we are just crossed over 5,500 employees globally. So we have offices around the world. And Databricks is basically the creator of the Data Lake house. And what that means is that we have a platform that combines the best of Data Warehouse and Data Lake to provide a single platform for organizations to unify their data and uh, enable them to do both analytics, machine learning and AI use cases in one place. And so we were actually founded by the original creators of Apache Spark, um, if your audience knows that. And then we've been around for just over a decade and we have over 10,000 organizations now that use our platform.
1: Incredible growth in just a decade, a thriving organization in, in a decade. It's really, really remarkable. And we're here obviously to talk about, about culture, which some people you know, would even struggle to define, or we know great culture when we see it. So I'm gonna challenge you to put it into words though, like for, I'm an outsider, Tell me, what is the the culture at Databricks like?
2: Yeah, maybe it would help if I just shared with you some of the history about how we created the culture. And we are very fortunate that we still have a number of active founders in the company. And so a lot of the ideas for the culture come from them. But the way that we established our culture was we actually did a pretty extensive look at the behavior of our employees. And we looked at the behavior of employees who were the most successful in the organization and also the behaviors that had been exhibited when we did our most innovative work. And then we looked at the other side of that, which is that we looked at behaviors of employees who may have struggled here. And ultimately, that was the way that we came to our culture principles in the organization, which include customer-obsessed, first principles thinking, truth-seeking, what we call raise the bar, a bias for action, and data bricks first. And you could remove the words culture principles, and I would describe them as ultimately sort of the keys for success for employees to really be successful at Databricks and be empowered to do the best work of their career here.
1: So, I mean, it sounds um, very distinct. And for our listeners, I want to make sure they picked up that. You mentioned the word behavior so many times in your answer, which um, doesn't surprise me since you are a clinical psychologist. (laughs) And so it comes naturally to you, right? But that's for people who struggle with thinking about culture. That's often how I think about it. You know, it's, it's the behaviors that people are exhibiting throughout the organization often even when nobody's watching right it's the it's who they are it's what it's what they do and the fact that you've described them so well and raised the bar is is one of them and i can see that you really everybody there is raising the bar to live these values this culture i mean how do you make sure that the new joiners are fit and or living the culture and how do you sustain this culture even with the long timers the more tenured folks
2: it's a great question you know we've grown extensively as you know and much of that growth was done during covid when everyone was at home and so we had to be very um intentional about the way that we wanted to continue to help employees understand what was important at databricks our culture and then how we could reinforce that and so a lot of the strategy that we took around that intentional approach was actually through our leaders because we we were in a situation where, you know, we have employees working from home every day. They're not in the office where they can sort of organically understand how to operate. And so we've invested a lot in leadership development and really saw that as the avenue for helping employees understand what was the key to success in terms of how they would understand the Databricks culture and then live it in their day-to-day work here. So that's been a big part of how we've uh, helped indoctrinate new employees. And, you know, we talk a lot about culture you could ask any employee in the organization what our culture is, our culture principles, and they would understand that. And it's not from having posters on the wall. I mean, we're not in the office anymore, but it's really about the way that we guide behavior, the way we reinforce behavior, that that's really the key to success for us. And much of that comes from the experience of managers with their direct line, with employees with their direct line leaders.
1: Yeah. And so you kind of read my mind because the next question, I'm so passionate about manager development because most of employee engagement is tied back to our experience through our manager, right? And you mentioned, I want to clarify. So where have you landed on the whole remote work in office? Is it hybrid? Is it remote first? Is it back in office a certain number of days? Like where are you at these days?
2: Yeah, we've taken a very employee-centric approach to return to office, but we also believe that being together in person is key to both innovation and employees' connection to the organization. And so, we are back in the office one day a week right now uh, for employees who are office-based, and sort of leaning towards we'll increase that over time. But we've taken a very stepwise approach to it to make sure that employees feel comfortable and very much led with the why about you know what we were trying to accomplish by asking people to come back. And um, and we did uh, we're very data driven, as you can imagine. So we've you know taken a lot of feedback from employees about what's worked working from home and what's been missing. And so we were able to read back to them uh, in a way that they could understand that what was missing and what we heard from employees that the sense of connection was starting to wane being home all the time. So we tried to strike the balance of making it purposeful to be in the office. So when people are in, they're not just sitting on Zoom all day long and trying to really connect in person. And then other meetings that can be done effectively remotely, we have them take it home.
1: Yeah, it's such a fascinating, uh, and I don't want to go too off script on this, but um, it's such a fascinating topic, right? Because if there was one right way to do it, we'd all be doing it, and there's not. And so some are one day a week, some are three, some are fully remote, some are like, hey, it's time to come back to the office. And what I love, though, about your answer is that it's data-driven. So the fact that it's not just the belief of one individual, usually a C-level individual or something, there's some analysis, there's some thought that's driving it. And so tell me more about how have you been or are you collecting feedback from employees about engagement, about culture, that you probably have several listening programs in place, I would imagine?
2: Yeah, we have an incredibly transparent culture, and so we do a combination of sort of open lines of communication. So we bring the whole company together one time per week, actually, which I'm sure seems a lot at our size. And we have very open communication and dialogue. Every session starts with an AMA for the CEO and employees will ask the really hard questions here. I mean, I remember um, when I first started actually, our CEO Ali Godsi had me come to an all hands, even before I started just to introduce me to the organization. And he asked the company like, oh, does anybody have any questions for Amy? And like 35 hands shot up. This is were in person. And I was like, and they were asking all the hard questions. Like, what are you going to do about our compensation philosophy? And what's your DEI strategy? And I was like, okay, I now understand, you know, we're exactly where we are on engagement. So it's lovely. I mean, it's really a wonderful part of our, the way that we work together. But so besides that more informal mechanism, we do a lot of uh, data collection from employees. And so we do a big annual engagement survey and we get an unbelievable level of participation. We're just closing our survey today, this year, and we have 90% participation place. I mean, it's unheard of. We do lots of pulse surveys or sort of point in time surveys around specific issues. But the reason why we have such high level of engagement about it is two things. We have a very clear stated philosophy about transparency on the results. So we will always feedback the data to employees so that they feel like they're being heard. And the other one is that we have a rigorous commitment to action planning. And so if we're gonna ask employees to spend the time to give us feedback on something, we'll always obviously share the results with them, but then they know that something's gonna happen because of it. And that because of that, then we have this sort of wonderful cycle of being able to get feedback and, uh, and help employees feel like their voice matters here.
1: Yeah, this is, um, again, for our listeners, so many interesting things here. First of all, 90% completion or participation in engagement surveys, as you said, it's it's unprecedented. In fact, I've been doing engagement work for over 30 years. And when I get uh, an organization or a team's uh, engagement results back, often people jump right to like a scale of one to five, what's their score? What percent are engaged? I look at participation rate because if it's over 80%, it means people care, they're engaged, they're taking the survey. If it's under 50%, there's a problem, right? Either they don't believe it's going to be anonymous, so there's a trust issue, or they're so checked out, they don't even want to answer the survey. But and so
2: that's- it's going to happen with the- with That's right. I'm on it. And it actually, fast- we've had that level of participation pretty much every year. And as we've grown so aggressively, you know, people often are like, you're crazy, we're never going to get 90%. I'm like, we will. If you do the right things afterwards and people feel like it matters, then people won't
1: spend the time on it. Yeah, Amy, you said the key. That's where I was going. It's because you're doing, you're giving people the results and taking action on that data because the fastest way to disengage someone is say, go spend 20 minutes answering any <laughs> questions on our annual survey. And then it goes into a black hole, right? Yeah, exactly. you, you have no idea. So then it comes around a year later. and Like, oh, that's right. We did that last year. Nothing ever happened. It's I'm not doing it. So it's just a sign of engagement and quality action planning. But I got to double click on this, a weekly AMA with the CEO, did I hear that right? Exactly. So what is it? It's Everybody comes online same time every week and gets an update and then asks questions.
2: We actually, and we do it in reverse to be honest. So every week we have our uh, all company, all hands. And the first thing we do is an AMA with the CEO and our executive team. Any question is fair game. So we do it in Slack and people can upvote their particular questions that they're interested in. And Ali will spend as much time as we need on that. And then we go into the content that's prepared for the meeting.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Now, I'm going deep on this because it's such a unique idea. I haven't heard of other organizations doing this kind of cadence. So on the prepared content, is it sort of update on financials, goals, et cetera? Is there ever learning pieces? Like, how do you use that time? Because it's precious. You've asked everybody in the organization to gather around the campfire. How are you investing that time?
2: Yeah, it's usually focused on one of two things after we do the AMA. I mean, we're obviously a highly, highly technical population at Databricks. And so oftentimes we do something that's focused on product updates or we focus on customers. So normally they're in those two categories.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. So you've already talked about, and you can tell from my enthusiasm, I'm impressed with so many of your your programs, but related to culture, is there a particular initiative or program that you're, you're most proud of or that you want to spotlight?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably two things that are really important to us. And one has been how we've thought about leadership development, And that we have all of our leadership programs, we have kind of three parts of our leadership development framework. So one is for new managers, so helping them, managers who are coming into leadership for the first time. The second one is that we put all managers across the organization through an intensive experience one time per year for a couple of days. And the focus of that is completely Databricks specific. And so the course is actually taught by our founders and the executive team. And it's all about really our, what we call our leadership essentials, which is the framework that we have for our leaders and really about how to bring the Databricks culture to life in their leadership behavior at Databricks. And so that has probably been the cornerstone of our success around culture has been that program and many managers that went through it. And we have very experienced leaders from much larger organizations than ours said that it was the most valuable experience, learning experience they've ever had. And I think, you know, part of when I understand that feedback, I think it's largely because of the relevancy of, you know, really hearing from leaders and founders about what works here and what's important. And also just the context of being in this super hyper growth phase for so many years does cause leaders to really want to understand something that's very unique to our own experience. And then the third part of our program is that we have a um, what we call a velocity program, which is a program that's dedicated to our highest potential senior leaders.
1: On the high potential program, uh, that's great that you're supporting that that population. One thing I find fascinating is high potential programs, by their nature, are tend to be exclusive. You know, not everybody's invited. Um, so. Is that a nomination-based program or uh, do people, you know, apply to it and then have some kind of process? How are you doing selection?
2: Yeah, they have to be nominated by the executive in their function. And then we look at things like their past performance review scores, their contribution to the business, sort of citizenship, the way that they live our values, things like that. And then from there, then they're nominated and then they're reviewed by myself and CEO.
1: We, as you know, this is a short format podcast. I could geek out on this stuff for, for many hours that we don't have. So yeah. with the minutes that we have, a couple of fun questions. If you could send a book or a movie or some something to like every colleague, you know, over 5,000 people guaranteed to read this or consume it, what would you send everyone?
2: It would definitely be five dysfunctions of a team. And the reason why is that we, you know, growing at this pace, because for you know, we've been growing at a, an accelerated pace for year over year, you know, since certainly since I've been here, which has been more than four years. And the dynamics of always adding people to teams is something that's, you know, fascinating. And it really does require people to understand sort of the phases that teams go through in their own development. And then ultimately, one of our culture principles is what we call bricks first. But it's really a principle around alignment and the way that people think about the organization as a whole. And I found that the Five Dysfunctions book is also very similar in mindset to the way that we think. So for Databricks employees, it would be applicable you know, across the organization for everyone to read.
1: Sort of a similar question. Now imagine I gave you a magic wand and thinking about everything that your organization is faced with in the year ahead. But I said, wave your magic wand and all your employees are gonna get better at this one particular skill or behavior. What kind of spell would you cast? What do you want them to get better at?
2: You know, for me, it's probably more of a mindset than a skill set right now. And the fact that the whole world has opened up to the impact of generative AI is so exciting for us because we're right in the forefront of that change. So when I think about what employees need, it's really probably a combination of three things. I mean, one is just a curiosity for what's happening now and that everything that we've ever known before is going away. And we're sort of at the, you know, we're in the middle of this big, you know, sort of revolution of what's happening. And so I think that kind of curious mindset is really important right now. The other one is just a learning mindset. Everything is changing and expanding around us. So having that kind of intellectual curiosity and a learning mindset. And the other one is just sort of a a positivity about the future. And, you know, I think that that is something that really helps when there is a lot of change going on, both in organizations and then in technology around us and the way that the business world is operating right now is really shifting. And so I think that those three characteristics would be my wish for all employees if they could, if they have really could embrace that. I think that it would help all of us as we move through this kind of period of change.
1: It really is unprecedented what the world, uh, all of us are going through and your company, Really is uh, you know front and center. So with everything going on, what are you most excited about with Databricks these days?
2: When I think about Databricks, I honestly see the highest potential opportunity I've ever seen in my career, and it's kind of a combination of three things. I would say one is the fact that the world has sort of opened up to the work that we do, and so the ability to you know have a positive impact on technology, businesses, science, etc. is just amazing. The other piece for me is that just the level of innovation that we see within our organization right now has been remarkable. And the third one is the level of talent that we have. And I think the thing I'm the most excited about is to see those three things come together at exactly this moment in time is a pretty extraordinary and I would say rare experience. So I feel you know very blessed to be a part of this organization and this team at this particular moment in time.
1: It's exciting to hear with all the growth and success you've already had for you to basically say, we're just getting started. The world has just opened up to what we're about. So, wow, if you've been impressed with the last 10 years, look at the Look at what's coming for the next 10 years. Amy, big thanks and you know congratulations on all the success of, of your company and with the culture, all the programs. And big thanks for taking some time just to to share with your peers here some of what you're finding success with. I'm sure they're gonna appreciate it. Thanks for coming on.
2: I appreciate you, being, you having me. Thanks so much.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Sineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at LeadX.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office hour-style coaching. Go check it out at LeadX.org. <laughs>